0: Love Talk Radio
1: Maybe I didn't treat you Quite as good as I should have Maybe I didn't love you Quite as often as I could have
2: For the show Off The Chain And yes, tonight is an Off The Chain show Even though it's a Monday night I am your host, Yvonne Mason And with the new year that has rolled around And everything that has gone on in my life I just can shake things up a bit Because I can I want to welcome each and every one of you To the show tonight And thank you all for continuing To grow this show As I always say at the beginning of every show This is not my show It is your show I just facilitate it. You all are the ones, you the guest, you the listener, are the ones that give this show credibility. You give it the listening audience. You tell people about it. You share it. You send me people. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Because this is the opportunity for you to shine, both as a listener and... Now, there's two ways you can get on this show. You can come on as a guest. Or you can become a sponsor for the show. Either way, you contact me at offthechainradio at Yahoo.com. Now when you want when you become a sponsor for the show, I will run your ad for 30 days. No matter how many shows I have in that month, I will run them. And ladies and gentlemen, it's only 10 bucks for 30 days. I'm not gonna get rich off this. I don't want to get rich off this. I just want to give you an opportunity to be heard. And the over 200 countries where this show is heard, and the 200,000 plus listeners that we have that listen to this show once it goes into archives. Now, I'm not just talking about on Blog Talk Radio. The show is heard on iTunes and YouTube, FM.com, TuneIn Radio, Podcast.com, Podcast Garden, Spreaker, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio on um, two podcasts. And it's also heard on some other podcast shows that third parties puts it up on. So you have an opportunity here. Take advantage of it. And with that, I want to welcome a new sponsor to the show. It's called Dirt Road Sunset. This is a band out of Pennsylvania, and I'm talking about in the mountains of Pennsylvania. These guys were on the show right before Christmas. Their music is fantastic. Dirt Road Sunset has songs available to purchase on iTunes, Reverb Nation, Amazon, CD Baby, and proceeds from the sales go to support breast cancer, Children's Hospital, Disabled American Veterans, and CERT, training of K9 search and rescue and service dogs. They appreciate any support that you all can give them. I know of no other musical artist out there that... Sends all of their profit to different charities these guys do. They are absolutely amazing. Traveler Pelton, y'all know her. She's been on the show. She has a new book out. The Importance of Family came out at the end of December. She is back with all the political intrigue, hard science fiction, and adventure that her fans have come to expect. In Book 8 of the Generations of the Oberlin Family Chronicles, Noah, Violet, Kai, Zanya, Jasmine, Scott, Gabriel, Katrana, and their families chased through the world, pitching their family resources, intellect, and espionage network against the Brotherhood, erecting protective domes all over their safe houses and laboratories as they are labeled traitors, and the military is sent to take them into custody. As a planet's plant life dies from the sickened water, the mutations spread throughout the animal kingdom. The Oberlin's are made the scapegoats for all the world's problems. When Mike and Alexander are kidnapped, Noel has to call help from all the worldwide family to bring them home. As the family worldwide retreat to the domes, they wonder if they will hold through military bombardment. Will the Earth survive or has the destruction of the environment and the population plummeted gone too far to recover? Well, only the people out of the domes make it to the next millennium? This book and all of Traveler's books are available on Amazon. Just type in J. Traveler Pelton and you'll be taken to her page. Have a look. Download some for yourself to enjoy on all those cold, dark, and long winter afternoons when you just want to stay in. Don't forget to leave them a review on Amazon because they are always appreciated. You can always visit Traveler on her website, Traveler. Pelton.com. Diane Mode has been with me for a long, long time. Her books went number one in Australia because of this show. She has a series out. It's called the Sam Holden Series, and she has released the third book in the series called Dog Bone. Sam Holden is a vigilante. Her quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other. Will her double life be exposed well, she'll be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself. So check out Dog Bones by Diane Moe everywhere eBooks are sold. And if you haven't started the series yet, ladies and gentlemen, check out Dog Gone by Diane Moe. And with that, I want to welcome to the show a brand new guest. She's never been on the show before, and bless her heart, she's had to... We've had to reschedule her a couple of times with everything that went on in my life prior to tonight, but she's been so patient and so kind, and I'm so appreciative. Author and speaker, Ronnie Lambert, joins us. Life teaches us all many lessons, some more than others. Since losing their only child, Ronnie and her husband, John, have learned what it takes to forge ahead and find new purpose in life, helping others to improve their lives by enhancing their focus on what is actually significant. And no, ladies and gentlemen, it is not diamonds, gold, and jewelry, and all that other stuff. It is their children and the other people in their lives. Their beautiful son, Dalton, was with them for 15 years and left for heaven just after Christmas in 2013 due to injuries from an ATV accident. Dalton lived his short life creating smiles, laughter, and happiness by sharing his kind spirit and helping others through tough times. They continue his legacy by counting their blessings for the short time they had him and practicing random acts of kindness in his memory each and every day. Ronnie and John have been married since 1995 and live in Castle Rock, Colorado. Ronnie spends most of her time working with real estate clients, yet she's now added speaking to parenting groups, book clubs, and schools, as well as several podcast, radio, and TV programs about the importance of small moments and simple lessons for creating a meaningful life. Any free time is spent with their families in Colorado and Texas writing, still writing ATVs and camping in sand dunes across the U.S. Ronnie's books, Parenting at Your Best, A Parent's Guide for Journaling to Their Child, and A Parent's Journal for Their Child are a tribute to Dalton, with anticipation that the stories and advice they offer will inspire others to excel in their parenting. Ronnie, thank you so, so much for being patient with me and for joining me tonight.
3: Absolutely, Yvonne, and I'm certainly very honored to be on your show.
2: <laughs> well, thank you, me, my
3: Of for. The- Yeah, I certainly couldn't ask for anything more, so thank you.
2: (laughs) You are quite welcome. The honor is all mine that you're willing to spend an hour with me after we've had to reschedule you a couple of times with everything that (laughs) happened. The whole world came crashing down for a moment, but we're still here. We're still upright, and like like you, I refuse to mourn the death of, of my husband as you don't mourn the death of Dalton. You celebrate his life because he had so much to offer. If you're comfortable, let's talk about Dawson. Tell me about this beautiful, beautiful young man and and what he left behind more than, than just heartache. Because everything I've read about him, he was amazing.
3: Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, he was just your average 15-year-old. You know sophomore in high school and um but he he just had a knack with people and um and while we you know as parents you know that you think you know that your kids are awesome or you know that kind of a thing but boy we learned so much um at his life celebration and since since his death from people who have spoken to us and said that if it wasn't for Dalton listening and, you know, taking a moment to talk to them and all that kind of stuff that they wouldn't be here today. They would have taken their lives. And,
2: um, wow.
3: That he was, yeah, these friends in his high school, he he just um, apparently was everybody's counselor. I, I, you know, I knew he was, you know, a good friend to talk to and that kind of a thing with, with some of his friends, but I didn't realize he was kind of like the counselor at school everybody talked to and um he was always right there if somebody needed help or um just needed somebody to listen and that kind of a thing and um yeah we've learned we've learned a ton while we thought we really had an amazing kid he was way more amazing than we even had any idea of
2: So would it be fair to yeah. say Ronnie that Dalton had
3: an old soul Oh absolutely absolutely he had an old soul yes
2: Yep <laughs> When when he was little, when you brought that little little baby boy home from the hospital, did you have any inkling of the impact that he would have on other people's lives as no clue. A child. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing and the
3: the things that I mean we had one one kid actually called before Dalton's life celebration and asked if he could speak and we had never even heard his name before and he said that um one day he was standing in the school cafeteria and he was new to the school and he was um slower than the other kids and was on an IEP plan and you know all kinds of things that um you know kids who don't who who are slower than others have to do and he was looking for a place to sit and he said Dalton got up from his table of friends and walked over and grabbed him and said, come over here and sit with my friends. I'll introduce you to everybody and you can sit with us every day. And wow. um, and that, yeah. And that kid said that um, he had been thinking about taking his life that afternoon and um, because Dalton welcomed him to his table and introduced him to a bunch of people and he made friends and nobody treated him badly because he was slower and, um, that kind of a thing. It it was a huge impact on his life. Just one day in eighth grade, Dalton did that, and um, and it stuck and with I, him. And you know, the
2: two years later. Eighth grade's he, tough, he anyway. Went, so. Eighth grade is really yeah.
3: tough. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So. But yeah, and then look. when you're a
3: kid that gets bullied all the time, it's really yeah. tough. Yeah. So.
2: so so let's if you don't mind, let's let's take this and put it in in a context and the context being that we're all on a journey. Every one of us is on a journey. And none of us know what journey that other person is on or how that other person is feeling on any given day. We assume we do because we know we we think we know how we feel and I would venture to guess that 99% of the population has no clue. But when when your son saw this child who looked forlorn, downcast, lost, and he was compelled yeah. to go and bring him in and and literally cover him with kindness, which in turn with kindness, would it possibly be fair to say that maybe a higher power moved this beautiful soul? You could say
3: that. I have no idea, but it's pretty incredible.
2: (laughs) Well, how many kids do you know that are that um, cognizant of A, their surroundings, and B, of a Of another child that needs encouragement that that needed that warmth that day that needed that, that bit of kindness I would venture to say most of them are so wrapped up in their own world they can't get out of their own way and yet your son impacted this child so much that he felt compelled to call you and say may I say a few words because he saved my life
3: yes exactly yeah, there were actually six kids at his celebration that stood up and basically said the same thing, um, that, that they wouldn't be here if Dalton had not taken the time to talk them through, you know, jumping off the ledge, for lack of a better word. Um, well,
2: yeah. Ronnie, you were given a gift for 15 beautiful years. and yes, I was. this this child who was an old soul d- did more in in his short life than I would venture to say that most people do in 75 years i totally agree with that yeah yeah it's been absolutely incredible since 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 dalton's death have have you met with others that and I think you mentioned that that somehow he impacted them. He made oh, a difference yes. in their life. Share a few of those stories cause I I've got chill bumps and I, I can't get enough. <laughs> um I, there's
3: there were there's been several of them. Um but yeah, but um the kid in eighth grade and then we have another gal whose mother had passed away and didn't have her father was grieving so much. He didn't, you know, wasn't paying very much attention to her and, you know, months down the road and here she is, um, she's getting into drugs and drinking and all kinds of other things. And Dalton took it upon himself to, to talk to her and um, help her get out of that situation. And, and a lot of it was just trying to kind of be the adult in the situation and get the school counselors involved and, that kind of a thing, so that she could get some help. Um, but, again, for a, for at that point a 14-year-old kid to, to realize that someone needed that much help and to be man enough at 14 years old to stand up and say, you know what, I don't care what people think of me, I'm going to go to the school counselor and I'm going to get her some help and get her into some, you know, um, rehab and that kind of a thing was pretty incredible. Um, yes. Yeah. And there's just been several other stories like that. Just kids like one one kid said he was sitting by his locker crying one day. Um and he was actually two years older than Dalton. Um and Dalton was running to a class. He would wait for a class and he stopped and asked the kid if he needed any help and and the kid said no and that just that life sucked and, you know, things were going bad and he had just broken up with his girlfriend and Dalton sat down right beside him instead of going to class, just sat down there and for the whole class period just sat and talked to him and um, I don't know, was just there as an ear of, you know, somebody to listen and so many times that's what our kids need is just somebody to listen, not to give advice and you know, say, oh, you should do this or, you know, well, I call it shooting on you, (laughs) where people are you should do this and you should do that and you should talk to this person and you should have this and um, and Apparently, he just sat down and listened to him and um and was absent from class and he you know he didn't think about those consequences he just wanted to help this kid who he, he who he had never met before um and 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 then that 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 kid showed up at his um celebration and was graduating that year. He was two years older than dalton and and said that um he felt like Dalton saved his life that day.
2: What? Well, yeah. and, um, this is what I tell people, Ronnie, and I'm sure you do too when you when you do your speeches and go on these other programs, is that we have no idea the difference we make in someone else's life, whether it's a cashier at a grocery store, whether it's a taxi cab driver or a homeless person, a teacher, another child. We don't fully understand the impact that we might have on someone simply by our words.
3: Exactly. Words are so powerful.
2: And it it seems that Dalton knew that instinctively. He did. It was
3: just in his nature and... Right. he was born that way. I don't take any credit for that. I, he just, um, I'm a lot like that as well. But he, I, I mean, I certainly, it's not something you teach someone, it, they just have it innately. I think it just happens. I wish there were more a, people like that in the world.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Me, too. He, he had a lot of <laughs> empathy, and apparently, yeah. and he could have been an empath himself. In the fact that I'm sure he picked up on a lot of other people's feelings and thoughts instinctively and knew that if he didn't intervene, for lack of a better word, that the consequences would not be good. He it just, and ladies and gentlemen, I never met this young man, but just from what his mother's telling me, I feel like he might've been an impact. We know he had an old soul. He was well beyond his years in wisdom, not just knowledge, but wisdom. But I think he might have been an empath and that he could, he gravitated toward those people because he felt like he they needed him. Yes, absolutely. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this was an amazing young man. Now, before we we go into the next segment, what I'm going to do is I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break and run some ads because you have nine lessons that you talk about on your website, which I absolutely love, and I want to take them step by step because I know there's people out there that are grieving, and they're some of them are probably pretty angry at the world, at themselves, at the the loved one that's died just life in general, because they feel like life is unfair. And you and I both know life is neither fair nor unfair. It is just life. It's what we do with our life that matters. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you will bear with us, this is Off The Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author and speaker, Ronnie Lambert. And we will be right back.
1: Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. You're going to kill me. Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A True Montana Adventure, available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy.
4: Critics agree, it's a hoot.
1: Germany, 1938.
4: Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher. Available at www.joannesbooks.com
0: Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron, but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, Don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher. Available at www.joannesbooks.com
4: Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married, but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love.
0: Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around
4: the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong (laughs) secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com.
2: And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author and speaker, Ronnie Lambert. Ronnie, when... Before we went on the break, I said that that I wanted to talk about um, nine lessons that you have on your website. I found them all very interesting. The first lesson that you talk about is be thankful for every word. Explain that to our audience. Um, Well, when you...
3: I think this works in everyday life, but especially when you've lost someone you love, lost a child, lost your spouse, lost anyone in your life. People, you know, there's all those generalities. People say, "Oh, God needed another angel," or, you know, "So sorry that his flower was plucked from the garden early." It's just goofy things that people say, um, and you know, I I just think that it's really important that instead of being so terribly upset that someone said something incredibly stupid that if you if you can promise yourself that you're just going to be thankful for whatever anyone says to you from this moment forward so you know be it something incredibly stupid and heartless you know like someone said to us well just think of it as retiring from parenting early now you can vacation and do all the things you wanted to do and while I wanted to wring his neck and punch him in the face you know I thought (laughs) wow, this is a guy who, you know, he's a guy and, um, but he's, he's one of these guys who never shows any feeling. He's a, you know, he's this big biker guy and, you know, he's really tough and all this kind of thing. And, um, and, and, and I, yeah, I was so angry at first. And then I thought, you know what, he freaking tried, like he drove all the way out to our house And he stood here in front of us And he tried to say something nice Like he probably thought about that The entire way out here um, And thought it was a great thing to say And so you've got to give people credit This is, you know, trudging through grief Is not an easy thing And there is nothing anyone can say That's the right thing Um, You know, unless you can tell me That you're bringing him back And you actually do it Um, There's nothing anyone can say So, so whether they say, you know, go screw yourself, or you know, think of it as retiring from parenting early, or they say God needed another angel, they are all just as hurtful. Um, you know, when somebody says to me, God needs another angel, I think, Oh my God, are they serious? Because I need him way more than God does. Like, this is my baby. I need him more. And um, but I just thought, you know, it's it's important that we just be thankful that someone tried to say something wonderful.
2: And, and would it be fair to say, Ronnie, that at a time like that, most people don't know what to say. And for the most part, there is nothing that anyone can say that will alleviate the ache, the broken heart, the shattered heart, the pain and all the other emotions that one goes through, there's, there's nothing anyone can say that will ease that. So people, for, for lack of being able to, to say something that, is, that they want to be heartfelt, they, they resort to platitudes because they're in an awkward situation anyway. And they don't know what to say because there's nothing to say. Exactly, and so you just have to be thankful that they tried. And you're right. As much as I want to wring some people's necks myself, but that being <laughs> fair, sometimes I just consider the source and say, "Yeah, okay, fine." Because my husband would say, uh, "Yvonne, I really don't like those people anyway," and I'd say, "Okay, fine." <laughs> so you just laugh and go on. Now, exactly. and lesson number two. I absolutely love because I so agree with this. And and what I have found, and I, I'm sure you have too, is people really don't want to do it because it puts them in an uncomfortable position. And that is rather than talk about rather than talk about death, talk about the life instead. I think I've got that right. Yeah, talk about life instead of death. And most people are afraid to talk about their life because they don't want to hurt us. Right, and they don't want to say their
3: name. They don't want to. Right, exactly. Exactly. And that's wrong
2: because just because they're no longer with us doesn't mean they lived and had a life and were part of our life. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And we yeah. like those memories. We like to talk about them. Yeah. Telling stories. I'm losing you, baby. I don't know where you're at. Oh, okay. Are you there? Yeah, there we are. Okay.
3: Sorry. Um. That's so funny. I I just think that as as we go through this, I think our biggest fear is is forgetting, forgetting memories, forgetting things. Um. And oftentimes when you're talking to someone and telling them about your child, your spouse, you know, whoever you've lost, your parent, um, that brings up memories of, you know, like a story that you start to start to tell them and you're like, Oh my God, I had forgotten that until now. Um, right. and, and it's so cool to, to, to re, I don't even know what the hell, like it's like you're relearning that memory, you're re-remembering it and that kind of a thing. And, um, and it's just so important, just to just to talk about them.
2: And and it's something else to to hold on to, to lock away in in your heart, to know that someone else remembered something that in our busy your busy life, my busy life, we might have not forgotten, but it wasn't at the forefront because other things were crowding it mm-hmm. out. Yes, yes. I love it. I absolutely yes. love it because it it. It keeps that person close to us. Absolutely. See, ladies and gentlemen, why I like her, she gets me. I get her. (laughs) Lesson number three, which I think is absolutely, because as a writer, to me, writing is one of the best healers of all time. You say write about the child. Yes. I would add a and caveat I, to that about write about that loved one period, whether it's your child, your yes. spouse, your sibling, your parent, write about them,
3: yes, and start from today and work backwards because your memories obviously are more um, are more on the forefront, like you were talking about from today, and then you work backwards um and I think it's it's um the craziest thing, one of the things John and I argue about all the time is. What we had for dinner the night before Dalton died, <laughs> and it's the <laughs> stupidest, it is the most dumb thing to to even think about, to worry about. But it's like, well, did we just have steak that night, or did we have tri-tip that night, or did we, you know? And it's like, I say one thing and John says the other, and then you're like, it doesn't even matter. And but then you go, but that was his last meal. It does matter. And and while it sounds incredibly stupid. It's something that in a year, in two years, and you know, you will think about, and you'll be like, "Oh my God, what was it?" Um, and
1: it's—I mm-hmm. don't
3: know—it's—it's it's a dumb thing to think about, but—but but you do think about it. It just happens. And I've talked to so many people that say, "Oh, you wouldn't believe—you know, three or four years after my mom died, or you know, whatever—I was thinking about what did she wear that day? What was she wearing?" you know, the last time I saw her or what did she eat the last time I saw her? What was her favorite thing? Um, You know, did she love ice cream or, you know, all those different kinds of things. It's just, but if you start from today and you just go back to yesterday and then the day before and you just keep writing things down, you will, it will, it, it, it makes a difference. I know that sounds crazy, but it does.
2: No, it doesn't. Trust me, it doesn't because I think, Back to my sister And the last time I saw her Was two years before she died And it was in Atlanta And I was with my, my son That I got when I got married I gained three children And because we Were all cousins My husband and I were second cousins So it, it We're all Related And he and my sister My son and my sister Argued politics Until three o'clock in the morning, and that night is very vivid in my mind. (laughs) Jericho.
3: Absolutely.
2: Yes. That's funny. (laughs) And it's a memory I'll hold forever. Now another thing you. Another thing you talk about, and, and I live by my date book, and I've kept all my date books from the from the time that, that Jack and I got together until his death because they're all filled with doctor's appointments and trips we took and things that happened within our lives because I lived by my date book. You say keep a calendar. Why is that important to you? Well, I think, you know,
3: obviously because, I mean, just like we're learning when you lose someone, you want to go back in time and remember their history. Um, having a calendar going at least forward, if you don't have one in the past, at least going forward, you have one. But the other big thing is that when you are grieving, um, your your brain does not remember a lot of things. I I can't tell I think people were talking to me, and all I could hear, you know, you remember the Charlie Brown thing, the wah, 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 wah. Uh-huh. Um, I did. I, that's... <laughs> For so long, that's what people would talk to me, and that's what I heard. Like, I don't hear a word you're saying to me. I, I'm i so, so deep in my grief, and I'm just not hearing, and I'm not, you know, and I couldn't listen because my brain is flooded with all these other ideas. And so keeping a, a calendar from from now forward helps, like, if people came to help you during during your loss, they brought meals, they came and cleaned your house, they came and did things. Um, you will want to keep track of those kind of things, and not only to write thank you letters later, um, but but I cannot tell you the number of times people will call me and say, "Oh, so how is that plant doing that I sent you?" And you're like, "What? What plant? plant are you talking?" About? <laughs> but they'll be like, "Oh, well that plant that I sent to the service, and da da da, you know, or that plant I sent to your house, or." And and it sounds really dumb. Again, a lot of these things just sound crazy. But your your brain is so busy with other things that you just forget little minute details um, that do make a difference. And if if you tell somebody, I'm sorry, I don't remember the plant you sent me. I couldn't care less. That's kind of mean. <laughs> and so you need to be able to say, Oh yeah, the the lilies that you sent, or the you know the. I don't know what are they called peace lilies. they mm-hmm. you know, the I have plant. it sitting in the, yeah, it's it's in the kitchen, you know, in the corner in the kitchen, and it it's grown a ton, and you know, and I don't know why, but people ask those questions, um, and and you want to be able to say thank you, and you know, for you know, someone made you a meal or that kind of thing. It's important.
2: And and to 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 be perfectly honest, if I don't write things down. Like, I didn't write the dog's grooming date down. I had the card, and I, I brought it home. I put it in my date book, and I didn't write it on the day. Right. The day after Christmas, it was, the, you know, the first Christmas, and it was the day after Christmas, and it just slipped my mind because I was so overwhelmed with the silly season that it became moot, I guess. It just it wasn't there. Right. So I had to to call and apologize to the groomer and say, "Uh, I had a brain fart. Can y'all help me out here? They said, it's okay. No problem. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it is, you know, and we
3: also had, you know, we had a lot of people here that, you know, did dishes while they were here and then they put the dish away. And here I am two years later thinking, where did that dish go? I need to use it for this or something. And, um, And it was nice to be able to go back to the calendar and go, oh, well, so-and-so was here when they did dishes. I wonder if they remember where they put that dish. Um,
2: (laughs) And that, again, it sounds crazy, but it was was helpful. (laughs) Very helpful. You also say, now, lesson number five, ladies and gentlemen, is collect phone numbers and addresses. And I could not agree more. Yes.
3: Yeah. And that was... We actually... I had five people with their laptops. Um, I created a spreadsheet and I had five people with their laptops sitting there. And so people weren't signing a book. They were checking them in like they were going to a conference. I mean, it was beautifully organized. Um, and so I got everybody's first and last names. I got their addresses. I got their phone numbers and I got their emails. Um and they were all typed nicely so I could read them. And then one of my girlfriends took all five of those spreadsheets and merged them all together. And she emailed me one spreadsheet. And I will tell you, I have used that spreadsheet for, um, we, I have done these, um, they're called grief letters. Because mm-hmm. people ask all the time, you know, what are you doing? How are you going through things? What's happening? All that kind of thing. And so I decided I would do a grief letter. And um, we did that the first year and the second year. We just did these grief letters, and it just kind of told about what we had done this year to honor Dalton, and um, what what we had planned to do in the current year, and um, I don't know, just different different things. But it but having that list was incredible to have. Plus, it made it so I didn't have to handwrite, you know, 200 and I don't
2: know, 200 300 envelopes. For wow. A so, I get yeah. that. It, it makes perfect sense to me, it, it, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me when I say, unless you've been in this position, it, the things that we're telling you may sound simplistic, and you may say, "Oh, that's silly." Tr- no, trust me, it is not silly. And and this brings me to lesson number six, and this this is one of the my biggest flaws.
3: Yeah. because I, and I think so in, 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 general in general, for women. <laughs>
2: yes, because I'm so independent and and I'm so used to doing things for myself that accepting help and allowing people into my space is almost an affront. Because yes, I, I guess on some level it's 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 saying I'm a failure and I'm not a failure. That's people want to help because that is something they, can, even if it's just to take out the trash, let them take out the yes. trash. Exactly.
3: Yeah. So even though you don't want people around you right now, you just take their help while you can. Um, and because I'll tell you it, people jumped. I, I, I think it's incredible the amount of people that came into our lives and jumped in to help and do whatever they could. And all of those things, um, and in a, in a lot of cases, I didn't even have a choice because I couldn't even move. I, honest to God, I didn't even know how to brush my freaking teeth, um, yep. much less put my clothes on. I, it was like I was paralyzed. I could not, I just couldn't. And so people were doing things. And, um, and but, but people, people will jump in and they will help for a short time. But I will tell you that um, in most cases, it's about, you know, three to four months. And uh-huh. then suddenly those people's lives go on and the world is still turning, and and then you have nobody there to help you, and you're like, oh, my God, how am I going to make dinner tonight?
2: Um, <laughs> so it's important to take it while you can get it. Yep. Yes. And, and, take, <laughs> and, and once that help stops, and once those people go home, if you don't feel like making dinner, don't make dinner. Get takeout.
3: Grupp yes, exactly. delivers. <laughs> exactly.
2: it It doesn't matter if you don't make well and the other thing is
3: too yeah and the other thing too is I think that those people I mean so many people are grieving also they're grieving your loss as well and for them to be able to take out your trash or do your dishes or you know buy you a coffee maker or whatever they can do to help go buy toilet paper because you have 200 people staying at your house and you don't Mm -hmm. have toilet paper you know that just simple little things, but then they can go, Oh my God, I did help and it and it helps them in their grieving process too, so
2: let people help and and I will throw a, a caveat into that because a friend of mine, she and her husband her husband's a minister at the church I go to, and we were talking about grief, and she said one of the things when they were taking classes on how to be grief counselors, they were told that when Someone is grieving, and of course, do you have the family members around you, and they're grieving too that they can't impose their grief on you, and you can't impose your grief on them. you've got to take it outside of that inner circle because nobody will be everybody will be paralyzed by the grief and and nobody will good be good to anybody, so it you have to take that grief outside of the circle, yes. Said, absolutely, absolutely. Because it, yeah, it it's destructive if you don't. Very true. Very See, true. ladies, y'all just learn all kinds of things here. Now that <laughs> brings us to lesson number seven, and I I could not agree more. Yes. Steer clear um, of books on grief.
3: Yes, I I gotta tell you, I um. I I I read. I couldn't even, probably 100 plus books on grief after Dalton died because I thought it would help me cope with losing him. Um, but it was like, here I am reading these books and then I'm realizing I'm doing it wrong. And either that or I'm focusing on, oh, well, the book said this, I should do it this way or the book said I should do that. And, again, shooting on me. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and I just think that you just, steer clear of general books on grief because they just don't. Um, I don't know. They don't they just, get it. They didn't help me. They don't me. get it. Um, I have I have since read a couple that that have helped a little bit, but I but again I'm now I'm five years in, and um, and I'm looking at things differently. My brain is a little bit more on top of it uh, of things and life. So I don't know. It's uh, I think reading books if you can read at all, but if you can read fiction or watch TV or watch movies or read positive books like Solve for Happy. Um, Those kind of things are better than focusing on the grief
2: all the time. And what what I did after my sister died is I gathered a group of people together that had had losses and they wrote their own story. That's a great idea. Yeah, and it was not and this is what I tell folks, this is not a have to book on grief because everybody grieves differently and in different ways. This is how different people dealt with the death of their loved one in their way. If you can glean something from it to help you understand where you are, all the better. Absolutely. And and to, to
3: caveat that though, I would say make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who are able and willing to do that and able and willing to be positive about it because you don't want yes. to surround yourself with people who are negative because no. that just brings you more, brings you bring down. you
2: down more, exactly. And and I thank God for my mother and father. God knew what he was doing when he gave me the parents that I have because from a very early age, we were taught that it's a circle, that life is it's a circle of life. People are born, things are born, things grow, and we all come to the end of that journey. And, and while it's painful and there's loss and, and it hurts, it was easier, even losing my 13-year-old granddaughter, it was easier to deal with that grief, understanding that philosophy than if I felt there was no hope, and and so sur- and as you say, surrounding myself with positive people, because I never let them dwell on on like you, I never let them dwell on the death because that was a downer. Let's dwell on the things they did, the good things, like saving young men and women's lives so they have a future. Did we lose it? Oh, I thought we'd lost you again. (laughs) No, sorry. (laughs) And focus on the positive. That is your lesson eight. Focus on the positive.
3: Yes. Yeah, counting your blessings for the moments that you did have. um, I just think it's so important that we, so many people focus on, like, as an example for us, like, Dalton died at 15 years and eight months. And when we were coming back from our trip, he was going to go in and get his Um, driving permit and all that kind of stuff and um so we could sit and focus on the fact that he didn't get to get his driver's license and he never got to go to prom and he didn't get to graduate from high school and he didn't get to go to the marines instead of all that why don't we focus on we had you know get this many days together and we did you know these things and we created these memories and this was his favorite game and this was his favorite food and you know um and just just focusing on that and then also for at least for us for for the children and I I'm sure you find this with your husband as well people that were in their lives that people who loved them surround yourself with those people because they will tell you story after story after story yep. of things that you weren't around for and you got to learn um exactly. and it's you know we we did with Dalton we took the kids um for almost a year. I think we did it once a month for a year and then once every three months the second year. But we took the kids to dinner and then we did an activity. So we went to a big dinner and everybody would be around the table and, and it could be 22 kids that knew Dalton, you know, and we would all be around the table and then John and I would kind of sit in the center and then we would go around the table and everybody would have to say a memory that they had of Dalton. And then the next time around they would have to say some in some way shape or form what they did um, to pay it forward to perform a random act of kindness um, since we were last together and um, you know in Dalton's memory and and so that kept us going that would be like the whole meal and it'd give you stuff to talk about and laugh about but then we would go and do an activity that Dalton would like to do we would go bowling we would go play laser tag we would go to a movie and then go do, do dessert we went to haunted houses we did all different kinds of things but but it was really fun because then we got to hear all these stories of things that Dalton did at school or when he was hanging out with his friends that we wouldn't have known
2: otherwise. And, and the thing is, you, you added a, a, an extra layer by asking them to go and pay it forward to do random acts of kindness. So Dalton's influence and his legacy still lives on in such a big way.
3: Absolutely, yeah, it's incredible. These um, these random acts of kindness—they—they've gone all over the world. It's been pretty incredible. I'm so proud of
2: him. Now, very quickly, <laughs> the last lesson is: get busy, stay busy. Yes. And and the reason for that, ladies and gentlemen, is you don't want to veg out on the couch because you become. Not good for yourself or anybody else, and you're not gonna believe this, Ronnie. Our hour's almost up. Is it really? <laughs> it is. It has flown by, and and before we completely, run into our time, I can't talk anymore. I'm so excited. Would you tell the folks where your books can be found, where you can be found, how they can contact you, and how they can hook up with you on Facebook? Because I know after this show, people are going to want to talk to you more.
3: (laughs) Awesome. Well, let's see. The website um, for my books is uh, ParentingAtYourBestWithoutRegrets.com. Again, that's ParentingAtYourBestWithoutRegrets.com. And you can buy books there, or you can do it on Amazon, whatever's easiest. Um, and then, um, if you do it, you know, on my website, I can um, sign them, you know, sign them for for you or family or whoever you're buying them for. Um, and then, as far like email, somebody can email me at do for Dalton at gmail.com, and I'm on Facebook as Ronnie, which is R-O-N-I, Wing like a bird, W-I-N-G, um, Lambrecht, L-A-M. B R E C H T. So and, and I'm on and Facebook and Twitter and all those things. I'm, you know, all those things you're supposed to do, but I really focus on the Facebook one. So
2: do I. And I want to bring you so back because we, idiots. it is, because we didn't even talk about the fact you're a serial entrepreneur, you're an efficiency expert, you practice that random act of kindness, and we didn't even talk about your book either one of them. So, will you come back? I would love to. Absolutely. I hope that you enjoyed this show as much as I did. I did. It's awesome to talk to you, Yvonne. Thank you, my darling. Don't hang up (laughs) uh, because I want to tell you some things after the show goes dark. But, I want to thank Ronnie Lambert for spending an hour with me, for sharing Dalton's story with me, and you all. And for his legacy to continue with random acts of kindness, I challenge each and every one of you to be a Dalton. To go out and do random acts of kindness for people you don't even know. Because we're all on a journey, ladies and gentlemen. And sometimes that journey is not very kind nor pleasant. And we don't know what journey people are on. But we too have the ability just by being kind to save a life. Remember that. When you're standing in front of the cashier at the checkout and she's not smiling because who knows, maybe she's got a sick child, maybe she's sick, maybe she's got a sick parent, maybe her babysitter quit on her. We don't know what's going on in people's lives. So be kind. Doesn't take anything to be kind. And understand this. If you want to achieve greatness, stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. ladies and gentlemen are already great your children are great you don't have to ask permission all you have to do is go out and be great teach your children to be great teach your children to do random acts of kindness which will make them even greater we will be off tomorrow night but we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday night we have a full four days For this show, I want to encourage each and every one of you to join us again on Wednesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time to see the fun and, and enlightenment and learning that you will get off of this show. And until then, I want to thank my guest again, author and speaker, Ronnie Lambert, for sharing her story with us and for giving us. Dalton and his legacy until Wednesday night at eight o'clock Eastern time. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, at Off the Chain with my guest, author, and speaker Ronnie Lambert. And we wish you all a good evening. Be safe, be kind, and join us again on day night. Okay, we're off the air, Ronnie, but anything that we say is going to show up in the archive part of the show. But what I did want to tell you is when we get off the air and the show archives, uh-huh. I'm going to put the link on my Facebook page and tag you in it. And you can oh, take perfect. this. Yeah, you you know where I'm going. You take the show and you put it everywhere. Yes, absolutely. And then tomorrow, when it goes up on Spreaker and SoundCloud and Podcast and Podcast.com, I will also tag you in those shows, and if I if I have time and don't run out of time, I'll also send you the YouTube um, channel so that you can also throw everything out there that that you can to keep Dalton out there. And when if somebody Google's your name, the, all these podcasts will show up because your name goes in the tagline.
3: Perfect. Okay. Well thank you.
2: You are quite welcome. Thank you, my beautiful friend, for spending an hour with me. I appreciate <laughs> it so so much. It Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. You are quite welcome. And Dalton lives on. Yes, he does. Thank you. And we will thank get you. I will we will we will get together again and get you back in here so we can talk about your wonderful books. Okay, you got it. And all about you. Next time it's gonna be all about Ronnie
3: yeah (laughs) that's okay we can talk about you
2: (laughs) all right my darling we'll talk later
3: okay have a great night thank you all right
2: good night bye-bye